0: We all have something in common. We all have Caucasian brides. Getting that out there. So (coughs) we had a conversation um, about this at the Pastors Roundtable, interracial marriage. And you had a passion for this topic because, you know, obviously you and Hannah represent a a fabric of our society that's very, very common these days in marriage. And, you know, you go back 50 years, that was illegal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Interracial marriage was illegal at one point in America. And now, and it was it was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. It was a byproduct of uh, the racist mindset of, you know, a lot of the, the, the South and the, the origins of our country. And, you know, you can get on the race topic and just get really, really, really dangerous with your talk because everyone represents a certain mindset towards racism, I don't feel like racism will ever go away because sin will never go away. That's my whole personal yeah, belief right. system. You're right on that. However, in the kingdom, you know, one of the most beautiful things I ever witnessed in terms of a Christian worship experience was uh, one of the churches I was at brought worship leaders from around the country and they sang a song in different languages. Different, different languages, in yeah. different languages yeah. And you just get a representation of the kingdom of God when, you, when, when that happens. So the, so the church should be a representation of love, agape love, you know, having no really representation of, um, of a visual look that represents like what you think is right. That's why I believe at least, but our culture is different, right? So you kind of have to go at it from an angle of what, what is it that people still put a stigma on for interracial marriage? Uh, why is that even in the context? And then as XO believers, you know, us having, you know, relationships as friends, how do we encourage people to um, you know, push past some of those things? Because I have a friend who's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, it's a black pastor, married a white girl. Uh, her family pulled a gun on him because wow. they were not happy that she was marrying him. And they, they tell the story openly. It was a, He's so lighthearted and fun that he makes it a fun story, but it wasn't a fun <laughs> it story. No. It wasn't fun then. <laughs> and this was not... <laughs> that
1: does not sound is fun. Is that loaded? <laughs> <So> <laughs> is it a prop? No. He's my
0: age, so it's not like this happened. It's like he's, you know, in his 70s or 80s and this happened a long time ago. There are still certain cultures and groups and parts of the country where, and I've, and I've been surprised to hear this from even them. They said that when they walk into a restaurant, people can sometimes look at them differently. Yeah. And they feel weird. And I would like, not this conversation is not going to solve all that, but I would like for you to kind of download what it was that you were so passionate about in that meeting. And also just talk about the representation of all the young people getting married right now that, you know, as they're moving forward in their marriage, like the pros and cons, the, the, you know, the, the environment that they're creating, the joy of raising kids in that environment. Yeah. Take it over. Yeah, so what's, what's interesting is... And did I say anything? Like, like, did you? No, that's it. That was good. Okay. That was really good. So
2: I, I started to notice of all these weddings I'm doing, I, I do about 12 weddings a year. I just can't do any more. It's just too many weekends. My wife will kill me. I, I tell people, if I do any more weddings, I'll end up doing a, my own divorce. I, I can't <laughs> be gone that many weekends. Go back to law school and get a divorce. But I noticed, lottery. I noticed, so this year I'll do 12 weddings. And of the 12, only two of them... Of, of the of the couples, only two of them are the same ethnic race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All t- the remaining ten are all in some way, shape or form interracial. And so I started doing more studying on this and researching on this. And all the data shows because of the way that people are moving to the states and coming to America, this isn't necessarily global, but in the American West, that by 2050, the vast majority, over 50 percent of marriages will be interracial. Which means mm-hmm. over 50% of the kids will be interracial. And this is a real interesting dynamic because, on the one hand, marriage, every marriage, no matter who you're married to, has its issues. It's two people, two people coming together. It doesn't matter. There's, there's going to be tensions, there's expectations, mm-hmm. there's issues, there's family, all kinds of stuff. But then you throw in two vastly different cultures who have different approaches to everything. Yeah. So, my wife and I, I'm Asian. Indian, she's white. Our approach to money, different. Our approach to family, different. Our approach to roles in the home, different. Yeah. Our approach to parenting, parenting styles, mm-hmm. different. Our approach to, we love the same Jesus, we worship God together, we, but we have two very different backgrounds of the kind of church that we would go to. Our, our jokes are different, where I'm laughing at a certain stand-up comedian, she's like, I, I don't get it. And then, mm. you know, she shows me some comedian. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> funny. how is that funny. <laughs> I don't, who is this guy? Is, is that meant to be funny? I don't understand any of this. So all of those dynamics together. And then you throw children into that mix. And then you're trying to figure out how do you raise these children in a, in a context that is virtually polarizingly different than what you grew up in mm-hmm. and what she grew up in. Expectations, definitions of success, mm-hmm. the roles that sports or academics might play in a home and raising all this. And if we as Christians in the church are not leading the conversation, because this isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. If we're not leading the conversation in this and cultivating the beauty of marriages that, and families that look and are mixed so differently and finding the ways in which God is speaking in those, then the culture is going to lead the story on mm-hmm. it. And then we're always going to be trying to catch up. To what the culture is saying, and usually the culture is getting it wrong. Well, I yeah. think
0: for, I think for me personally, I grew up in Amarillo, was very sheltered. I didn't have a lot of exposure to a, a bunch of cultures, right? So you kind of just had the different classifications of, of the town that was that was there. But I was sort of isolated to my dad's church, my dad's church school. And when I moved to Dallas in 2000 and got a job at a tech company, it was my first exposure to a Muslim. Like there was there was a there was a developer there who was Muslim, and his name was funny. I couldn't pronounce it. And, you know, I was kind of exposed to his world. and He was talking about, um, uh, what's the, the fasting period, not Ramadan, but, um,
3: Ramadan, Ramadan. That's yeah. what
0: it was. And he was talking about Ramadan and how he couldn't sleep with his girlfriend or smoke during Ramadan, but then I would catch him smoking, you know, in the, in the parking garage. <laughs> and it was this whole experience of like, you know, uh, wondering what, what his culture was all about. Seemed like a normal dude, like very, very normal. So I was exposed to that. And then there was a show called School Ties when I was growing up with Brendan Fraser, and uh, it was about him being Jewish, and they was, he was trying to hide being Jewish. Oh, it was the football movie, it right? It was the football he movie, football, and it yeah. was... Matt Damon always plays the worst character sometimes. <laughs> great worst I want to love him, <laughs> but even in Interstellar, that, he's an astronaut Interstellar. <laughs> I wanted him to go off that planet and never come back. He's don't ever want. come back. Dude, there was yeah, there
3: was yeah. a little bit of research a while back. Someone calculated the amount of money in Hollywood it has taken to save Matt Damon from all the various. <laughs> but Jason positions Bourne, he's been yeah. In. But Jason
0: Bourne redeems him, yes. and then he does something else, and you're just like, I hate that guy. But uh, in in that movie, it as as I watched it growing up, I didn't understand why these guys were being so mean to Brendan Fraser. Dude, he's he's the Encino man. Chill out. He's Encino man. Uh, you know, but. It, it didn't, because the whole Jewish thing didn't make sense to me. Like, why would they be so aggressive towards him? He looks like them. He, he, he plays football really well, but the moment they found out he was a Jew, they attacked him. And that, that represented to me an understanding that it's not about the, the exterior. Like, if you're Jewish, that represents something to a culture that people don't understand, and they attack it. And, and even on your Instagram the other day, I think I mentioned to you, you were in some traditional Indian garb, uh, garb, like robes or Outfits. whatever. Outfits. We just call them clothes. Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the holy garb. sacrament that you were <laughs> yeah. wearing. Yeah. But man, I loved it because, <laughs> it's I loved it, because it, it, it challenged me to, because you're like always a, like a cool dresser. Like, you know, you, you always show up and you have a style that I always love and appreciate. And that puts you in a completely different frame of mind for me that I go, you know, that's, that's who he is. I want to know that. And you and Anu were, were in, that, in that moment. And that, I think for me, represented a, uh, a challenge that I would say that probably Hannah and her family would represent, which is you know, how do we understand like, what made you who you are yeah. and what still makes you who you are. Yeah, and that's part of it. It's part of
2: learning your story. What makes you, you, there's a, there's a, there's a saying, I think it's Peter Scazzaro. He says, Jesus might be in your heart, but grandpa's in your bones. Mm. And so how do you figure out the story of your childhood, the story of how you were raised and how you were formed, not just by your immediate family, but by the, the DNA and the ideas and the thoughts and the stories that have been passed on from generation to generation. You know, it's really interesting. The difference between Western culture and Eastern culture, every culture has stories. Every culture has stories. But Westerners use stories to entertain, whereas Easterners use stories to form. Mm-hmm. It's very different. So i can give you an example. If I was sitting with, if my wife and I were sitting with her parents and we said, hey, we're trying to decide between, you know, getting a, a, a Toyota or, or, or a Ford, what should we do? Then typical, you know, white family would say, typical, and this is, of course, this is a grand generalization, but they would say, okay, let's go to the pros and cons. Americans are very linear in their thought process. We'll go through the pros and cons. And maybe he'll say, man, maybe you should get a Ford because, you know, my grandpa used to have a 57 Ford back Mm -hmm. in the day. But it's very informational. It's very entertaining. If I ask that same question to my dad or to my uncles, all I would get is, you know, when I was younger, I used to walk everywhere I go. (laughs) And they tell me this grand story. And at no point are they giving me an answer. Sure, It's just a story. And somewhere in that story, I'm supposed to figure out what the lesson, what the principle is, and then apply that principle to whatever decision I'm making. Mm-hmm. So all those stories are inside of us. So it's, it's interesting, my oldest son, I was telling him, hey, I'm gonna take you to India because I want you to see how this side of your family, like you're Indian. And he's saying, but I'm, but I'm also white. So in my mind, I'm like, no, no, you're, you're brown. He's like, but no, I'm only half brown. So he's, he's pushing me like, well, dad, I'm, I'm both, I'm half. So he says, well, if we're gonna go explore India, Shouldn't we explore mom's side? We're like, well, mom's from Texas. I don't, what, what do we explore? <laughs> so we, we unpack it more like, okay, your mom is Irish. Yep. There, there's something about Irish mm. blood mm. that fights against the English. And what is, what is in your blood? And so you can, <laughs> now you can start to see with children, like, where, where does he get this from? Mm-hmm. It's not just from you. It's not just from your wife. It's stories that have been passed down. The work ethic, mm-hmm. the, the, the conviction of how their ideas, their creativity, all of this is passed mm. down. Um, why do, and there's, there's generalizations, right? Like, why are Dutch people so cheap? Well, that's kind of like this idea that's passed down. Why are people from this region this way or people from this region this way? So all of that's inside of our families and we have to be able to get those stories out but not just celebrate them. We also have to create space for loss. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm not married to an Indian girl but when I see another Indian couple, husband and wife, both Indian or in your case, husband and wife, both Vietnamese, your case, husband and wife, both African American or black, your case, husband and wife, both Hispanic, and we look at their kids. There's a part of us that says, Man, if I stayed in my native land, that's probably what my family would look like. There's not a ton of white girls walking around India for me to choose from. Mm -hmm. So my family would look like that. And so I can mourn a loss without changing my, my life, but I can mourn and say, Man, because the world has shifted, because sin entered the world colonialism entered the world and now people are getting moved all across the world slavery in africa slavery in india slavery in china people are moving all over we can mourn the loss of what of what has happened and at the same time celebrate the life that is mm-hmm. and we have to create space for that for people and most churches are not very good at this most families are not very good at this how do you create sense of this how do you how do you begin to enjoy the celebration of your people so in our family we celebrate Indian holidays, but in the U.S. Because my like, hey, you're 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 still part of this people, and we want you to celebrate that. We're, we're not saying we're better than anybody. This culture is not. But there's a language, there's a food, there's a color, there's there's clothing, there's music. We want you to be a part of that, and we want our children to be around other people who look like them.
0: But That's do,
1: big. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. If you don't mind. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I think from from our side, one of the hardest parts, you know, um, uh, growing up, and then. you talked about getting married to someone Caucasian. There's a ridicule that comes from your own. For sure, yeah, and that's the other side that nobody nobody talks about. See, people people
2: want to talk about the racist side from
1: you know whether it's from white people, but there's a lot of hate coming from your own, coming from your own people. Yeah. Yeah, there was. I mean, that was probably. I mean, I I think I always had a you know a thing right for you know for I. I guess a white girl. I blame La Bamba because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I think I was indoctrinated by Richie. Uh, And so I was always looking for that, I think. And so um, but I remember in high school, uh, you know, all of them, you know, as you started dating girls and there were, you know, why the Hispanic girls saying, you know, why are you doing that? You know, they're Uh giving you lip or, Uh you know, and then as you get into your uh, young adult years, you know, uh, There's give you even more grief, yeah. Uh, all the way up to the end of it, you know, until you're married, you know, and you know, you're just getting that grief that you know, why didn't you stay, you yeah. know, within the, within yeah. the, your race, yeah. Uh, and you're almost kind of, um, um, like I said, just ridiculed for it, yeah. and it's yeah. a hard one. And then the hard part for the kids is, uh, trying to get them to understand uh, Hispanic Mexican culture, yeah. but we live in Texas, mm-hmm. um. And I live in a predominantly white neighborhood, mm-hmm. school district. Uh, so it's not like there's taquerias on every corner or, you know, yeah. little, so that again, you know there should be, uh, uh, there should be, uh, talk, yeah, there should be, there's not necessarily, you know, so whenever um, we, you know, we go back to, you know, d- different parts of town and here in DFW where you have, yeah. you know, your traditional kind of like Hispanic shops, Mexican shops, um, you know, that's the only time really. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of hard to, to, to help them appreciate that yeah. part of it. Uh, it it bothers me sometimes it hurts my feelings I was talking to Keisha last night we were talking about this I was like I think it hurts my feelings sometimes whenever the kids kind of like you know downplay the Hispanic side of it Uh, like you know because I know you know I'm an immigrant I was born in Mexico raised here in the states I got my citizenship citizenship at 17 yeah like I I know what the fight was to be naturalized here uh the process and um so and I, I believe red white and blue um, but I'm also Mexican. I'm gonna. I love soccer more oh, yeah. than I love football. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, those are those things that I wish my sometimes my kids, whenever they kind of joke around with it, like they don't they don't see it, they don't recognize it, they don't they don't have that awareness to it. But it hurts. Yeah. Um, because but they'll they
2: will say. one day. Mm-hmm. One day they'll wake up, and it might be from a positive experience or a negative experience. hmm And they'll say, "Oh wait, I'm not white." My my wife would tell you this. Yeah. My yeah. wife would tell you she never thought about it until she walks in a store with kids who are darker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she notices how people look more mm-hmm. and feeling that, you know, I'm like, well, welcome to every day of my life, yeah. Yeah. you know? So this is really interesting. For 15 years, 14 years of our marriage, there was nothing in our house. Like if you walked into our house and I wasn't there and you didn't know who lived there, there was, let's say you took all the family photos out, you wouldn't know that an Indian lived there because everything was decorated sure. from a Western white culture. Sure. Everything. home goods. Yeah, home goods, you know, (laughs) Magnolia. (laughs) (laughs) And it took me 15 years to finally get the courage to ask my wife, like, hey, how come you never want to have anything in here? And she's very appreciative of Indian culture. My parents show up. She appreciates it. She wears the the saris and the outfits. So it's there. But it didn't even occur to her that this is not how he grew up. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have Indian tables or Indian Mm -hmm. art or which is we're very artistic people. Sure. Mm -hmm. Why isn't this here? Or food. I I asked her a couple years ago. I was like, you know, in all the years we've been married, you've never once asked. Not one time have you asked, do you want Indian food? Can I go get it for you? Can I learn how to make it? Like, none of it. Which is, it's hard for me to watch my kids struggle to eat Indian food.
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm
2: like, you think this is spicy? That's yogurt, man. (laughs) There's like nothing spicy (laughs) in there at all. Salt and pepper. So it takes a long time to be able to have these conversations of this is the, we want a home that represents and honors both cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's easy, I would, I would say on one side, it's easier for me or for some of us to discover our culture because we grew up in it. Yeah. Of course. Whereas Hannah is thinking, well, what, what exactly mm-hmm. is my culture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because most white people are, my wife and I, my wife and I have this conversation, and, I, and we, I always say, white people don't know what to do when they're not the priority for
0: even two minutes. Ouch! When. Chill, Ooh. chill, Shagger. chill. Now listen, I, you know, <clears throat> if you hold up a, if you if you take a white onion and take a, you know, slice of it and hold up the sun, that's how. Like I'm, my wife and I are both white, like translucent yeah. white, We we have freckles and <laughs> moles, and we we aren't even yeah. like the the Greek olive, like yeah. we oh, have like no funny. melanin. Uh, that, that can be represented. If you go to Home Depot, there's just a section of paint that just says Brent. Yeah, it like just says Brent. So so yes. no it's no it's true. And, you know, when you're from West Texas, you always hear stories, well, uh, maybe there's a Native American in your bloodline somewhere, and uh-huh. so you're like, I gotta open a casino one day. But that really is never, <laughs> that's never really... Asians dominate casinos. I know. I've, oh, yeah, I've man. seen your whole family at those casinos. Oh, yeah, so yeah you see them. They're there every Saturday. Stephanie's, Stephanie's heritage is German, and mine is Welsh or, you know, UK. And so I have no luck in a conversation like this going... Hey, guys, I want to talk about interracial marriage. Yeah, um, but, 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 but I will say that if your wife is German and she was raised with German ancestry, there's a
2: type of parenting yeah. that German families have. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Germans come from families that show no affection mm-hmm. to their children. It's very staunch. It's very yeah, rigid. It's way, up so, the, it's
0: way up the line. Right, but it, all, it's, that,
2: all that is in there.
0: Yeah. And you're yeah. tra-
2: and I'm just saying it's harder for white people to know that because you're like, well, I'm white, but I'm German. Okay, th- there is something about German that's in
0: you. Sure. And you're trying to figure it out. I, I totally agree with that, and I, I guess when, whenever you said I can't be the priority for two minutes, I, I'm all I'm saying is is that, <laughs> I, and this is the way I, I approach the world right now is yeah. because in this room, because it was an aha moment for me, it was actually Taiwan this week because he was announcing his engagement again. Th- congratulations, congratulations on congratulations! Uh, and he put the picture, and I was like, you know, Narup just mentioned this, and it was dawning on me that this is the new norm for you know relationships. There's not really a poster child of like what it looks like to be married anymore like it's yeah. it's you meet people and you fall in love and it's like there's no like there, there's just a a new environment now for relationships that I, I kind of want to bring to the forefront that I started thinking well Lewis and Kristen Ramon are speakers yeah. they're yeah. both you know she's from Baltimore he's from Mexico mm-hmm. Dan and Krista Leanne yeah. You know, he's uh, Malaysian Chinese from Australia. She's white Australian. I mean, you just t- talk yeah. about it, yeah. and I think culture's the well, biggest even Jimmy part. Jimmy and of Irene, it. she's Zambian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, well, and Tim Ross and uh, Julia, I think oh, she's yeah. Jamaican. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's cultures that are there that you know you talk about, and well, I guess my whole point was was that just just the the fact that more marriages that are happening now are a representation of a new normal. I I, want, yeah. I liked what you said about that. That that's the commonality now for when you're doing marriages, it's not just two people of the same race anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like that.
2: Especially you go to urban areas. So you are in the urban areas of whether it's any city you're in your churches, you're going to see more and more and more mm-hmm. diversity in marriages and families than you would if you're far out in, in rural areas or if you're just in very homogenous areas, you're going to see more and more of this, but it's true. You know, when, I loved how you talked about you were at a worship service and they're singing songs in different languages. We'll do stuff like that. We'll sing a song in a different language. And I'll always get a, I'll always get a text, an email from some white person. <laughs> why do you got to sing in Spanish, man? We should learn English. I'm like, wow, for two minutes? For two, in, in, a, in an hour and
0: 30 minute service, for
2: two minutes. But that's my point. You is, weren't the priority. I think, I
0: think that gets too much play because I don't feel like that's the mindset. In, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to create conversations like this so it, yeah. Yeah. it can sort of be, because, yes, I'm white. I'm a, I'm a middle-aged, white, conservative male. I mean, just, just label me, right? Okay? <laughs> so that's that's where, that's where we are in this world. So we, you know, I, I can step in bear traps all day long when it comes to race, right? So I'm not trying to uh, create a, an environment where I know something that y'all don't know or vice versa. I'm just saying that you know, when I look at the world, if I'm watching any sports uh, game these days, if I'm watching, uh, if I'm at the mall, if I'm anywhere in society, in Texas, if we go anywhere around the country, I've been around the world. The world's changed. yeah. And if somebody is anchoring themselves in this white, English, like, I can't move out of this lane that I'm in, then that that person's just going to be completely passed by at some point. And I just don't think the world revolves around that anymore. Now, you can... If you watch Shiny Happy People, you'll realize that there's cults out there that, that subscribe sure, yeah. to yeah. keeping the purity of whatever it is, their, their theology, their race, whatever. You can find those camps if you want to. I'm just saying in normal society, if you go to a church and they sing in Spanish for two minutes and, they, and somebody's offended by that, I just think that that person is in need of some serious like understanding of the world they're living in now. Because you can't represent yourself for sure. I- anymore like that. Yeah. Yeah, understanding of the world and understanding of the gospel.
1: I, I, yeah. I think it's changing. I, I don't know if there's been a change yet. I think it's changing. Um, I, I think that it is becoming more acceptable. I think that um, I know when Keisha and I got married, um, I remember her, her grandparents loved me to death, but they weren't all for it at the beginning, her her grandmother. Um, now, she, loved, she loves me. She loved me all the way through until she passed away, and we became great friends, and it, they blessed it. They blessed the marriage. Um, but there was a, a winning overtime. Mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, almost had to like prove, had to prove something that yeah. some maybe yeah. someone else did. Well, stereotypes. They had, yeah. they had, they had uh, missing But don't you think
2: it would be harder? Because there, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Because I think there is a difference, and I've seen it experientially, not just with color of skin or ethnicity, but the education level and socioeconomic level of that. So there's a difference mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. an educated, college grad, successful executive level hispanic versus hey meet my hispanic boyfriend he he you know owns a landscaping company yeah. and the way that yeah, sure. or same in, in I, I think there is an economic level and education level yeah. to this of how people are treated not just the ethnicity they come from yeah independent a, yeah go uh, ahead
3: no i was just gonna say like for for me and my wife like she grew up in south lake in her backyard right here very wealthy family uh well you know very affluent family Um, And I grew up over in PG, Pleasant Grove, the hood. And it was two very different cultures, not only from a, like you said, uh, (laughs) socioeconomic sort of uh, way, but also just culturally as well. We went down to Texas, went to school at UT, um, hook them horns. Um, But then we came back up here. And so we were living, I was living at my parents' house. She was living at hers. And it was just two different words. We're driving, you know, I'm driving an hour to see her in, you know, this super fancy, swanky a little part of the city, which to me, not growing up here uh, was like, I just, I don't feel like I belong. Just entering, passing this border is just different. Um, And being a part of her family and all of the things they're doing um, and and that they've been blessed with, it's just different. Like, and then you go to, you know, my house. I grew up in government housing over in, in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the east side of Dallas and everything. And we slowly sort of made our way over to the nicer part of the suburbs, but it was just a little bit different. And so I think um, having to not only me assimilate into her culture and her way of living, but her also assimilating into kind of my side of the family as well, Mm -hmm. because her coming over to my house is just a different experience. Um, You know?
2: Yeah. But Brent, I would say to your point, yes, they're going to get left behind. And, but to Eric's point, it's slower than you think. Because I one of the reasons I appreciate XO, when I first was like, ah, should I be a part of XO? And I'm looking at the lineup, whether you did this intentionally or not, I'm like, this is a really diverse Mm -hmm. group of people on staff and leadership and speakers. And what I appreciated was just because someone's brown doesn't mean they have to share the brown experience. It's like, Eric, tell us what it's like to be a brown leader. Why can't he just talk to you about leadership? Exactly, that's my point. You know, Ty, tell us how to be a brown creative. Why can't he just be creative? So I think what XO is doing is creating a space where people can be seen as professional, as wise, as being able to share in a conversation and not have to play the, well, I'm I'm brown. Let me talk to you about this. Sure. And that's not happening everywhere. I can tell you the number of conferences I'm invited to, to even to attend. I'll get a conference, like, come attend this pastor's conference and learn how to be a better pastor. And I look and it's white, 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 yeah. white, white, white. Like, I, I get you could probably unpack theology to me because you don't need to be whatever color to know theology, but how are you going to help me see a perspective that I'm dealing with every single day in my own life and in my church when, and I can name a hundred Christian conferences, hundreds of them. And sadly, the, the world is ahead. The world sees diversity as an imperative or or as like a mandate Mm. where the gospel is like, this is an imperative for us. But you saw it firsthand
0: when the George Floyd stuff happened, you saw every white pastor Mm -hmm. go through their list of of names and try to find the the black friend, black pastor who could speak on that subject. And I told, I got upset with one of my friends. I said, dude, I said, I understand you want to respond to this right now, but it is so inauthentic because you won't talk about this in a for year sure. from now, or yeah. two years from now, yeah. and it felt like it was just a forced conversation, and I it made me mad. I was yeah. just like, "It's, it's." I understand, and, when, and one of the things it was it was Tim Ross. having made a conversation. He helped me understand it more because it was it was a really hard, it was a challenging time for me to understand how I should feel guilty about something that I didn't, I wasn't a part of. It was just completely, you know. There's a book called White Guilt, and there was just all this stuff that was just like hammering. The, the the people in this world that like i didn't do anything wrong i grew yeah. up yeah. i was born in 77 i was way past a lot of stuff you yeah. know i did, yeah. i don't have those those feelings i don't have that sentiment but yet i was labeled or whatever and yeah. tim ross just said all we want to do is be heard yeah yeah all we want to do is be heard that's all we, we mm-hmm. just want to be able to share and let you know how we feel and you listen and that's it yeah. yeah you don't have to do anything yeah but i think it's a great conversation you're having but i challenge some of my black friends
2: who have this conversation. We need more of this, we need more of this. I'm like, what do you mean by more of this? Because it sounds like you only mean black or white. And I'll, yeah. and I'll challenge my friends, name one Asian exactly head coach. Right. Name one. Yeah. And there are. Then name what? one, in, there's an Indian coach in the NFL. Nobody who I know that knows football can name the guy. They can't. So like, what do you mean by diversity? Like, I think, I think many Americans only think diversity is black or white. Absolutely. So name five black pastors, I could. Can you name five Hispanic pastors? Five Indian pastors, five Asian pastors, five Vietnamese pastors. So the conversation is, is much longer than we think it is. Yeah, we get tribal.
0: Very and much we, stuff, have to get,
2: we have to get yeah. deeper in the conversation of what this actually looks like. And I'm glad you spoke out or spoke up to your friend. Because inadvertently what you're doing, when there's a national tragedy, you're like, I need to bring in a black guy to talk about this. so yeah. I need to bring in a Hispanic guy. What you're doing is creating the narrative that they can only be heard in that space. Yeah. Why can't Why can't there just be good theologians who are Asian? Exactly. Or good fathers who are Asian or black, and so it was funny. My my, about a couple of years ago, I took one of my staff members to go visit my parents. I had to pick up something. My mom knows I started the church. She knows I, we started it. But I show up. I bring my friend Jim, who's white. We walk in the house, and my mom. She says, oh, do you, do you work at LifeGate? And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. And she says, oh, are you, uh, you Neroop's boss? <laughs> and he's like, he, he's like, no, I work for him. And it blew her mind. She's like, my, my children have made it. White, white people work for them. Like, my children, like, this is the dream. This is why we came here. And it, even in, my, even in our own imagination... Amongst Asians and black and Hispanic, we often lack the imagination that we can be something, that we can lead spiritual conversations, that that we could be CEOs. Most Asians, they're like, hey, most Asian families are like, hey, keep your head down. Yeah. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even if someone assaults you, don't call. That's why when Asian assault was happening in New York and Chicago and L.A., yeah. they weren't calling the police. Yeah. Like, hey, keep it on the radar. Don't, we don't want your name in public. Like Just keep, keep it low.
3: Yeah, Asians operate on a very big honor system. Honor, like they don't honor want shame. anything to you know, bring shame upon the family. So yeah, sure. even getting attacked like that, going public with it, would be considered bringing right. shame upon the family.
2: So most yeah. Asian families, you have four career options. Engineer, lawyer, doctor. Failure. That's it. You have four (laughs) corruptions. So even in our own imagination, we lack this understanding. We often as Asian kids are not allowed to dream. We're not allowed to dream about what we could do. I want to be a CEO, I want to be a leader. Like, no, 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 no. You you stay here. Yeah. You be good, you be successful, you stay out of trouble, stay out of jail, stay out of these friends, do this, and stay out of this. And so there's this path that's laid out for us. And so we often lack imagination of what we could do. But a lot, of, a lot of these things are changing. If you told someone in 1977, you know, one day there'll be an Indian NFL offensive coordinator, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the dumbest thing I've ever well, heard in my you, life.
0: Uh, Vivek is running for, you know, the Republican. Yeah. you know, they're starting a professional,
2: professional cricket league in America. Oh, right. Wow. It's being fun- billions of dollars are going into this. Yeah. And if you told someone that in 40 years ago. It would have laughed you off yeah. the planet, but like pay
0: millions of dollars going into this. It, it only makes me uncomfortable because I hate cricket. You know, I, I just, <laughs> I, it's I, like it, baseball, but better. I, that's what they say. Ah. And there's this whole thing where Dave Portnoy was being interviewed by Pierce, Pierce Morgan and he kind of got, he kind of got, uh, you know, just sort of caught off guard because Pierce Morgan had this cricket expert on and he was confronting Dave Portnoy going, Hey, I've got this guy who's a cricket expert. We want to know why you don't like cricket. Mm-hmm. And Dave Portnoy was like, cause I grew up in America. <laughs> I mean, we have baseball. We don't need cricket. He's like, I, I said, I'm not saying your sport is not beautiful. I just don't understand it, and I don't want to understand it. So this it's whole conversation. soccer
2: was not football. Soccer was not American. And, and
0: I think there will you be know. a generation that falls in love with it in America, but I still, every time the World Cup's on, I go, this is the year. I'm going to get into the World Cup. <laughs> and about 10 minutes into it, I'm like – I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's still zero to zero. Yeah. Where's is... Where's uh, Ronaldo? I'm just... yeah. So, but part of that goes back to the earliest conversation.
2: It's story. Yeah. yeah. You you haven't yes. you haven't connected to, and that's okay. You haven't connected. It took me a long time to get into football. I just didn't get it. I was like, I don't I don't understand. The dudes are hitting each other.
0: You know, wh- what? Why do you call it football? Sometimes you have yeah. to play it. You You're, know, some, and you play. Tennis it, right. was something that my wife loved, and I didn't love until I played it, and then I'm, then I was like, really went all in. And then I retired because I was just But if you can connect brackets. it to, to a story. My kids were not into
2: football and at all. And then I showed them a couple of football movies, Little mm-hmm. Giants, mm-hmm. Remember the Titans, Remember the Titans classic, uh, Invincible, classic. which is a great movie mm-hmm. with Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. The program and now that there's a story attached time. to a game, they like football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, they, yeah. now they like it because it's about a story. Same with basketball, same with, I mean, this is true of anything. Once yeah. there's a story that, that pulls you into it, you're attached to it. So there's a great movie called Time to Kill, mm-hmm. one, of my, one of my favorite movies ever. And at the very closing scene, Matthew McConaughey is making the closing argument mm-hmm. yeah. and he's describing what happens to this poor girl who is just brutally assaulted. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and I want you to imagine that she was white and every, everything changes the second he says that because now you've found yourself in the narrative mm, and yeah. now it changes your compassion your conviction to the truth of what, what is this and how do I form myself to this? Yeah. And I would say at a holistic level, at a comprehensive level, most brown people, whether it's Hispanic or Asian or African or Indian or Chinese, Vietnamese, black have an easier time entering a communal story than white people do. Because white people are raised predominantly as individuals whereas brown people are raised as, you know, I raise my, my kids. If one of you succeeds, you all succeed. Yeah. If one of you fails, you all fail. Mm-hmm. One of you's in trouble, you're all in mm-hmm. trouble. But this is, so we feel the pain of when this happens in another community, we're not attached to this person, but we feel it communally. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas most white people are like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like You don't even know the guy, yeah. but we, we feel it. It's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It's a space to begin to ask those questions. I think it's only a bad thing if you're like, well, it doesn't affect me and I don't care. Versus it doesn't affect me why doesn't it affect me and how can i enter into this and not feel guilt because that's not
0: helpful to anybody well i just think think i I want to be able to understand how to how to resolve the tension right because because i don't obviously as as i think what could be pictured is because i'm white i'm ignorant to the fact that that i have advantages because i'm white or whatever when that's not the way if you talk to anybody who's successful uh, it's not because of it's not because of your color most of the time. Sometimes you have trust fund babies and you just have, yeah. but a lot of times it's, it's the hard work, it's the effort. And so when somebody puts the hard work and effort in, and you haven't walked a mile in their shoes, yeah. it's very difficult to just say, well, they got there because of their color. So now I do for believe sure. that for, for sure. sure,
2: but I do think there is a standpoint to it where there are some meetings that happen on the golf course, and when that's not your bill. So it, that, that's, that, the that yeah, and, that's the and, hard part. That definitely happens, and you know th-
0: there is a uh, there is a very. I would say if I was giving any coaching advice to anybody coming up uh, through college or whatever, it doesn't matter what race they are. It is make sure you are inserting yourself into opportunities and don't assume just because of who, how you were raised that you'll be cut off. I I would say that I'm attracted to, and this goes back to what you said about XO. It is absolutely 100% a, a no for me. If I get somebody on stage just because of, what they represent. Yeah. From, uh, I, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for authenticity. So when Jimmy Evans is on stage and he's talking about how he almost messed up in marriage and he's funny and humorous and practical and all that stuff, the next person that gets up needs to be able to carry that microphone. Right. And, and speak clearly and have a, have a moment to say it. It is absolutely 100% a bonus. If that person represents a a wider audience than a white male, Jimmy Evans Mm -hmm. is. Yep. That's a bonus, but that I can't I can't always predict that. Yeah, and so sure. what we what we had happen organically. And Sean Reed told me this one time, he said, "I'm so grateful for XO because I think at the time we had like Dan Leanne and Bianca Oltoff, and uh, we we just had a, we had a lot of different flavors of speakers. Right. And Bianca Oltov's like a Mexican. She says, you know, she's real, mm-hmm. she's, she's so fiery, and um, I, a lot of times I was just like, these people can speak. Can they speak on marriage? Let's see what happens." And I love it. But it's not me going, I need a Mexican. Yeah. Right, I need, a, right, I need yeah. a female speaker. And that's what the world yeah. is doing. That's I, what I, I'm that's, saying. And, and sometimes yeah. we are left with just, un, no, not for unfortunately, but sometimes we're just left with what we have, which is not necessarily a picture of every representation of what I want. But I, I'm not going to force it. Right? So it, it, it's just, I love, if you're in our green rooms, and you guys are, and you know, that Chemistry and in, uh, in the speaker with uh, Dave and Ashley and Sean and you and Hannah and Dan, Leanne, all, you have this just great, great group of people who love marriage, who love speaking on marriage, and it's not a, and they love, they honor my dad, yeah. and they love what he's doing, but XO is really this umbrella they can go, I can minister through this.
1: Well, I think it's what heaven's gonna look like, right? I yeah. mean, it's heaven's supposed gonna to. look like that. And so, you know, me coming in to XO two years ago, and I, I met with Brent for two years, getting to know you before you actually decided to each on to each yep, so, that's right had to, so, and like, he had to bet you like i bet this guy he had he works to for nokia <laughs> gotta,
2: gotta, uh, <laughs> gotta, so, uh, <laughs> gotta check my papers
1: so, yeah <laughs>
2: i signed your papers it's all good yeah, it's okay all good. yeah
1: i appreciate that uh so he um but you know i think during the time period of me getting you know onto here so it's not just on stage it's behind the scenes as well yeah. right because i'm not on stage but you know we get to uh, make decisions and make this stuff happen here at XO. Is I didn't believe that I was a, a, a chief operating officer. I just didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. believe I was an executive. I was. It's based in Southlake. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm from GP, not the yeah. PG, but from GP for Grand Prairie. Uh, you know, some people, Little Mexico, 303. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you have this kind of like, you put your own ceiling, your own limit on yourself. Yeah. And Keisha was really good at, uh, at telling me that, hey, you know, if God calls you to do it, you can yeah, do it. that's right she didn't bring race into it she never brought you know but she did have a different mentality yeah she did have a different kind of like philosophy that if god calls you to do it you can do it Mm -hmm. um and so you know believing that and being prayerful through it removing race from it removing my own uh, cultural limitations Mm -hmm. um really god just opened doors and you know, for Brent, I would just, you know, kind of like just, you know, you saying like, how do I approach it? I think you approach it right. I, I just know that I've seen you. I've seen how you approach the stage. I've seen how you approach behind the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we're doing this this podcast is just to get the conversation. Like what Tim said, we just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't you don't learn without having some listening ears. right? Yep. Uh, and I think that's a challenge right now with a lot of culture. Is No one wants to listen. Everyone just wants to blast yep. and just let, give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a lot of really a good. lot yeah. of hard stuff that's being still um i guess taught to a lot of kids out there today yeah. uh that were that i still battle today uh, you know you talked about the golf course um i can still walk on a golf course and there's sometimes i don't feel part of it yeah, yeah. uh you know and, I, and i'm there all the time yeah. um i walked in recently and i know we're not trying to be here i walked yeah. in recently and the guy was like uh oh do you work here it's like <laughs> I don't work here. I own I'm the place. Mem- I own it. I'm, I'm a <laughs> member. You. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, he was an older fella, you know, so you kind of figure out, right, you give him grace, you show him, yeah. hey, you know, uh, but it's nice to meet you. Introduce, hey, my name is Eric, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are tough parts. Yeah, the wealthy boomer
0: generation in the country club society, uh, that that is going to be very difficult for them to turn that corner. Yeah. Uh, they are turning the corner slowly. I think that when you say the slow change. That's the slow change. I, yeah. think, I think the 40 and under crowd is already there. For the most part, I don't. I don't think they need a lot because they're they're, cult, they're all the movies they watched, all of the, you know, we watched all the young those older movies where it was yeah. a representation of, you know, a Caucasian husband and wife, and you know the, the the if there was race involved, it was always you know this stereotypical yeah. role for for right. that person. Right. That's what I grew up with. A lot of those movies. Um, and then now it's not like that. I mean, the, the, there, there's an introduction now to, to to see people. And I think yep. as long as it's authentic, I'm on board. I just yeah, I think it's slowly
2: changing. Yeah, yeah I sure. think so. It's funny that you mentioned Keisha's grandma. Mm-hmm. It was my Hannah's grandma threatened to make me a slave on her farmville. True story. <laughs> Remember Farm Bill oh, on Facebook? She's going to make me a slave in her Farm Bill. That's a that's a, I was like, I that's a heavy word to throw around. Yeah, like, I don't even know if that's. Can you do that? <laughs> she figured it out. Can you access my profile somehow? Would it change? Oh. But she's, you know, she's Southern through and through. And but okay, there's two things that I think, and this is what I'll give credit to you and Pastor Jimmy with EXO. There's two things that I think you guys have done incredibly well. The first is this is I think when you're talking about backstage and being able to, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. the kind of the sense of family, we love each other, we love hanging out, is because the gospel has always been at the core of everything. Yes, sure. It's never been about, let's just have great marriages, talk about great marriages, equip great marriages, um, raise money to help marriages. It's always been that the gospel, your marriage is a reflection of God's love yeah, for mm-hmm. his people. Absolutely, mm-hmm. And so his, his love is for all people. And so I think because, you, especially your dad, has kept the gospel at the core of it, at the center of it. It creates the environment where all of us have different backgrounds, but we all love Jesus Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and we all are dependent on the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing you've done. But the second thing I think you've done a really good job of, there's a lot of people, and this is what one of my biggest pet peeves of churches is, is they love diversity, diversity on the platform, but not diversity at the table where decisions are made. Mm. So they'll give, they'll give brown people a voice on the platform but not a voice in where the money goes, where the strategy goes, where the hiring goes, mm-hmm. not where real power is. Mm-hmm. And what XO has done is you look behind, so I've, I'm privileged it's behind the scenes, looking at your executive team, your staff, you guys are giving them the power to make decisions, to actually build the culture, not just, hey, we create created a little spot for you, go on stage and sing a song. And because we need, we need a black person to sing a song, so we look you know, like, oh, we did a gospel song, we had a black person up there. <laughs> And that's what we don't need. We don't need this sort of fake, let me put someone up there. So we look diverse, but we actually have no heart for it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Because interracial marriages is not easy. Interracial anything. Inter anything is not easy. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with stories, with complications, with past trauma, with... So were you born here? Yeah, I was born here. So you're born here. Were you born here?
3: Yeah.
2: So me and him are the only ones not born here. Mm -hmm. So we know, I tell my kids, like, bro, you guys hit the lottery, man. Born in America, you, <laughs> yes. you hit the lottery. This is the only country you can be dumb as rocks, and they'll still pay for you to go to college. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is true. You can throw a ball. Yeah, there you, you, go. yeah you can do anything. This, this is amazing. This is truly, truly, like I've lived overseas. This is truly, uh-huh. when yeah. people complain about America, if I was running for president, I would say it's my first act of business. I've, I've charted some airlines. If you hate it here, we'll fly you anywhere you want, but you yeah. can never come back. Yeah. Mm. Just leave. Don't ever come back because this is an amazing. Is it perfect? No. To so your point earlier, we will never be perfect on this side of eternity because yeah. we you can't you can't have yeah. a policy yeah. to end sin. Only the gospel does that. So, it will we perfect absolutely not, but it's amazing. Yeah. It is incredibly amazing to live in this country. And I tell my kids, you hit the jackpot, man. You hit the freaking mm-hmm. jackpot. There's more work to be done. There's sacrifices we make, we know the stories, but what these conversations do, what EXO is doing, Equipping parents, equipping marriages. This is the hard work. Yeah. And what, in 20 years, when families show up at conferences and they're, they're studying about marriages, they need to look out and see okay, these families look like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They understand mm-hmm. us. They know the story. They know it. When, when you walked in today with his son, I was like, Is that my kid? I like, <laughs> Did I, am I missing one? He looked he just does. like one of my kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we need to be able to see those, yeah. our children will yeah. see those. And and I think you are helping, and EXO is helping leading a conversation in this. Good, And it's yeah. very important that we're doing it. Well,
0: that. you instigated it with, with the round table uh, mm-hmm. discussion, and I feel like we probably all would agree that we hit the jackpot when we met you. So thanks for being That's a part what of EXO. So. I, I, yeah. I tell my wife that all the time. No, <laughs> we, we love you. I uh, do we,
2: have a question though. I'm very curious, because when you were talking about the gospel-centered being the glue that holds us all together, I don't know from the Asian perspective, but from the African-American black perspective, when the Christianity was given to us, we were worshiping God from a place of salvation, from the standpoint of getting off a plantation. He was a provider, he was right. a, a chain breaker. But then when you,
3: when you get to your, the white counterparts, God was, just, God was just good and God was great. So, how does
2: that play a role in your family as well, though, with that good spiritual question. view when it's based yeah, I so mean, differently? Of course, uh, Christianity was used. And abused in bad ways to weaponize to keep slaves in slavery yeah. but don't forget the gospel got to africa before it got to europe yeah. mm-hmm. augustine was around way before martin luther was so it was it was in africa and so asians were slaves yeah uh, japanese were slaves indians were, if you go to trinidad and tobago it looks like you're in india because mm-hmm. they were all taken there to be slaves
0: they're still slaves today uyghurs in china are still slaves there's, yep. there's still slavery happening
2: the i i think what is the transformation is realizing The gospel is not the good news that Jesus died for you so you get to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. The gospel is the good news that here and now your life can be transformed by the transcendent love of Christ. That I can now Mm. see my wife, see my children, see my friends, see my family as those who are held in God's love. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. transforms the way that I seek their highest good. Mm. And so for many people, the gospel ends at the cross. The gospel doesn't end at the cross. The gospel begins at the cross and it moves you to a table. And it moves you to a table and at this table there's black and there's white and there's jew and there's gentile there's greek and there's you know there's free and slave all sitting together dining at the table and jesus is at the center his body his blood his resurrection is all right there and so if the gospel doesn't lead you to a table you have a very anemic gospel mm, yeah. You you don't believe because it turns out, you know, Peter's with Jesus for, whenever someone's like, oh, we got to end racism. I'm like, well, Peter was with Jesus for three years. Turns out, homie's still a racist. <laughs> <laughs> and he was with the best disciple maker uh-huh. ever. Yep. And he's still a racist. And Jesus is like, I got to meet this guy in a dream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, because he's not going to, he's not going to go to a conference. He's not going to get, he's not going to get a book. I got to meet him in a dream and tell him like, hey man, you're racist. Mm-hmm. And we got to solve some issues here. And that's the, that's the beauty of what Jesus does. You look at the church in Philippi. It's the search in Philippi started with Paul, a Greek or a Jewish convert, uh, an Asian, probably one of your great aunts, an Asian (laughs) dealer of purple cloth. That's right. (laughs) Uh, You got a Greek slave girl and you got a Roman GI Mm -hmm. all meeting together. What what language are they speaking? Mm. What food are they eating? What songs are they singing? And yet there's something happening there. And the beauty of heaven is reflected as they work through unity. As Mm -hmm. is is marriage not a constant fight for unity? A con and that's what the church is, and that's what Christian friendship is. And 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 unity happens
0: when we create the space for people to feel safe enough to share your story. Hey, it's a great conversation. We got to go. We got we yeah. got the staff chapel coming up. Gotta go. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here, man. Today, yeah, yeah, anytime. And uh, Lifegate Church in about Denver. All day. Hey, you've oh, got 12, twelve openings for weddings next year. Is that right? Was that what 12, I heard? 2024, 12 if you're openings. getting married next year, uh, twelve openings. Uh, I give preference to Monday weddings. Okay, good. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't
2: do mountain stuff. If it's if it's more than two hours outside the city, if there's wild animals, if there's mountains, I'm I'm no where. I'm an indoor wedding guy.
0: Well, if you're if you're yeah. in Denver area, go see uh, Narup at Lifegate That's and church. And he's a he's a great pastor, a great friend. Yep. Uh, and then we, uh, if you're watching this right now, and you want, leave us your story in the comments. if this If this Love hit you. home with you, and you have a story you want Absolutely. to tell, any comments there, leave it in the comments section. Like and subscribe. Thanks, guys, for being a part of XO Live today. Appreciate it. Bye. Love you guys.
2: Peace. All right.